0: Hello listener, this is Duffy Henderson, the host of the Asking for a Friend podcast, and I wanted to take just a moment to remind you that this is part two of a two-part series on Adoniram Judson. So, if you missed last week's episode, go back and listen to that one first, and it will give you context for the end of today's conversation. We hope you'll enjoy it. And now to today's episode.
1: Well, the journey on the ship, Yeah. other than being converted from congregationalism to Baptist, um, was from February to June, mm-hmm. 1812. And there was a sad moment because Anne delivered their first child. That's true. And the baby was born dead uh, and dropped into the water somewhere between yeah. India and Burma. Yeah. And uh, what a, uh, a sad moment. Thought that is Yeah,
0: and that'll mark the rest of his ministry, too. Right. M- much death in his life.
1: Yes. Um, in fact, I, I, he's going to bury two wives and seven of his 13 children in India. He's going to go for a total of 38 years. He's only going to come back one time to America, and that's after being there for 38, 33 years. So yes. he, he actually arrives at in India, but he, he's going to eventually move to Burma. And that's where he feels like the Lord is calling him and that he should go there. And um, he begins a ministry there in 1813 in July. In fact, he arrives in Burma. He builds a house of religion where people can come and they can talk and they can do um, conversations around um, spiritual things. Mm -hmm. Uh, He begins a translation of the um, um language of the burmese people into um a bible and he's translating his work from not english but greek and hebrew into yes, the burmese
0: language yes which is just astonishing
1: mm-hmm. uh he uh, had a second child that was born in 1815 But that child died in 1816. Another death, yeah. He finally, after about six years, they have their first convert. Yes, praise the Lord, in 1819. Yes. Uh, Anne had to return back to the U.S. because of her health. While she's there, she writes a book called The Account of the American Baptist Missions in the Burman Empire. And that book had a huge influence. It stirred up a lot of financial support, stirred up a lot of recruits, uh, stirred up a lot of prayer. And goes back to Burma in December mm-hmm. of um, 1823. Yep. Uh, there's more converts at that time. And in 1824, a war breaks out between Britain and the Burmese people. And in the middle of that, he is arrested as a spy. Mm-hmm. And in prison, he's in prison. He's in prison for eight for seventeen months. And one of the things that happened to him while he was in prison was that um, his feet were fettered together. And every night, they would um, put a bamboo pole between the fetters of the feet and lift him off the ground, so it was upside down, except for his head and his shoulders. Mm. And he had to stay that way all night, every night. Mm. Um, it just a it's a torturous time yes. Anne tries to secure his release yep. uh, she has another baby by this time yep. she's nursing yep. that baby yep. it's a, it's just a terrible 17 months and uh, at this point that he's been
0: uh, they've been in burma for approximately 13 14 years it looks like by the timeline so this is a long time in uh, yes and you can imagine not not counting the being imprisoned and tortured um the the difficulties Leading up to that, so this is ho- difficult, horribly right. difficult.
1: Suddenly, he's released in November of 1825. Um, the government wants to use him as a negotiator with mm-hmm. the English. Mm-hmm. And October of 1826, just a uh, just less than a year later, Anne dies. Yes, her health was broken. Yes, she could not survive. Um, the health issues that she had, uh, less than um, uh, a year later, the baby dies. The baby,
0: another baby and dies.
1: Yeah, so this was been would have been 1827. Yep. So by the time we get to
0: 1831. 1830s is when um, I, I, I think that's kind of a pivotal moment, at least from my understanding. The Lord really started to, this is where uh, Adoniram starts seeing fruit from the harvest yes. a little bit here. Yes. Um, I mean, he's gone through so much difficulty and there will actually still be more difficulty to come. But I think in the 1830s is when things start turning a bit and there's there's uh, fruit starts to come from yes. all the hard labor. That's work.
1: right. Uh, people begin to get interested in the Bible. They yes. begin to get interested in spiritual things. People would come to yes. him and... and They would come to him from all parts of the nation, and they would come and say, we have heard that you have a writing that can tell us how that we can be saved from hell. We have understood that we are um, going to hell. You have a writing that will tell us how we can escape.
0: Yes, they would come to him from all over. uh, 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 Courtney Anderson accounts this uh, toward the second half of the book, and he, uh, Adoniram wrote to a correspondent Please send tracks, thousands of tracts. Um, and we were giving none to those but ask. So they weren't soliciting. People would be asking for these tracks. He says, I presume there have been 6,000 applications at the house. Some come two or three months' journey to get them from the borders of Siam and China. Sir, we hear that there is an eternal hell. We're afraid of it. Do give us the writing that will tell us how to escape it. Amen. Others came from frontiers of... Cathay. I don't know where that is. A hundred miles north of Ava. Sir, we have seen a writing that tells us about an eternal God. Are you the man who gives, such wa- gives away such writings? If so, pray, give us one for we want to know the truth before we die. Others would come from the interior of the country where the name of Jesus Christ is little known. Are you Jesus Christ's man? Please give us the writing that tells us about Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? That is I love amazing. that <laughs> I
1: love that. Now, what we didn't talk about, and we probably ought to just mention very quickly, sure, yeah. between 1827 and 1831, after Nancy or Anne had died, he went into a deep, dark yes, depression. I
0: do want to touch on that for just a moment. Um so uh, let, let's back up for just a minute and remember the call to missions that he felt early on as a late teen, early, uh, young man, um, early adult. And um, throughout his life, he battled with the the ever-present battle really for all men, I think, but it was a little heightened. He was very chauvinistic uh, at times. He was driven by pride. He was driven by um, honor, self, self-honor. He wanted people to see him as a, a hero of sorts. And uh, he battled this, all of his ministry, and he came to this point of, of depression because I, I really honestly think that he had had this uh, momentum built up that there's this would be some great experience where he would see thousands of converts to Christ and he would make this great impact. And between the death and the, the imprisonment and all of the things that came, I think that was the battle of his pride with reality, with how God was planning on using him. And it just kind of came down to this moment, and he was uh, really self deprecating. He was turned in upon himself, self examination about how, what has gone wrong. And I wanted to read one quote because this was just this applies to all walks of life, not just missions, but this applies to any, any man or woman who is a, a believer. Um, He had begun, uh, Courtney Anderson accounts this uh, on page 382. He began, Adoniram began to suspect that his real motive in becoming a missionary had not been genuine humility and self-abnegation, but it was ambition as the motivation. Ambition to be the first American foreign missionary. The first missionary to Burma the first translator of the Bible into Burmese, and the first in his own eyes and in the eyes of man. And he had always known that this forwardness, self-pride, and desire to stand out were serious flaws in his nature. Now he began to suspect that they were more than flaws. They made his entire missionary career up to now a kind of monstrous hypocrisy, a method of securing prominence and praise without admitting it to himself. He had deluded himself, but he had not deluded God. Perhaps here was the intention in all of the deaths that he had experienced to teach him true humility. And the closing sentence of this chapter is, For Adoniram's mission, God had approval. For Adoniram and his self-love, a harsh lesson. And that is a lesson that can be applicable to anyone listening um, we have these grandiose ideas sometimes about how God is going to use us and all of the things that we can do. And the fact is that God doesn't need either one of us, any of us, to accomplish his plan. But he uses us out of an act of grace in our lives in order to benefit others. That's right. And I think that's what Adam Adoniram had this kind of this crucial moment. Um, right.
1: It's very, very dark it's for very him. dark. Very dark. He, um, he secluded himself from the people. Yes. He built a hut out in the wilderness. Yep. Out in the jungle. Yep. Um, tiger infested in jungle, by the yep. way. Yep. And he dug his, uh, his own grave next to the yes. hut. And he would go out and just sit at the grave and contemplate death and yep. his life. Yep. But 1831, as we mentioned, uh, was the turning point. Fast forward back again. Right. He began to kind of come out of that in 1830. Uh, His brother, his only brother died. He received news of that eight months later after that death. And when he received that news, um, God used that to sort of propel him out of his darkness and out of his depression, and then the revival started happening in 1831. Yes, yes. Um, he had to kind of come to the end of
0: himself, right? In one sense, yes. And it kind of was the moment where he stopped relying on Adoniram, and he relied on God to use Adoniram, right? Right. He was kind of <laughs> doing all of this a little bit, kind of in his own, uh, in his own fleshly. Uh, uh, strengths and things like that. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, in
1: 1834, he remarried. He married a missionary widow by the name of Sarah Boardman, mm-hmm. and they had eight children together. Three yes. of those died,
0: three, three more yeah. children died.
1: Yep. And um, Sarah got sick, and the way that you handled sickness in that time was usually a sea voyage. Yep. You put somebody on a boat, yep. put them out to sea, hopefully they recovered. And so they put Sarah and Adonai on both on a boat. This is 33 years after he's arrived in Burma, and this is the first time he's going to go back. Mm-hmm. And so they head back to the United States. Sarah dies en route. They bury her, and he continues on to the United States. They, he has the three oldest children with him. He has left the three youngest children back at the... Um, mission, yeah, back station, in Burma. Back in Burma. Yep. Um, one of them dies before he gets back, <laughs> but he 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 sets the oldest children up in the United States, get everybody um, where they need to be, and sets everything in place. He marries again for the third time. Third now. marriage.
0: So he's buried around seven or eight children. He's buried two wives.
1: Right. And now I mean, he's
0: just, that's he, that's just tragic, just that in itself.
1: He marries a, the, this girl by the name of <clears throat> Emily Chubbuck. Mm-hmm. She's 24. Yes. No, she's 29. Yep. He's 57.
0: Yeah, huge. He marries a, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> may as well try for a younger woman. Right. right? Maybe she'll survive. Maybe she'll survive longer right. than a few years. Yeah.
1: So they go back to Burma. Yes. Uh, they have happy uh, four happy years together they have yes. one child together yep. um, and finally in 1850 on April the 12th Adonai Judson at 61 years old is so um, sick that they again put him out to sea he goes
0: on his sea voyage
1: Right. but he dies on the way back to the US yeah. and of course they uh, bury him at sea um, and at the time of his death there were 74 churches in Burma, and he had translated the Burmese Bible, again, from Hebrew and Greek, and that really is the one of the lasting legacies, if not the most important legacy. That's the
0: capstone of his ministry and mission work in Burma, is the
1: Bible in Burmese. That's right. It was um, done so well back then when he was doing it, this would have been, you know, in the 1830s 1820s to 1830s yep. yep that was done so well that it's still used in Burma today yeah. and it's not Burma it's Myanmar
0: Myanmar is the is the country it changed names at some point mm-hmm. uh, yep right so same country
1: right but, but let's wrap it up with yeah with yeah. some thoughts because more than just trying to introduce you to add Judson and to think about his life, and and certainly that's part of the motivation for the podcast. But what we also want to emphasize and think about, particularly in light of Adoniram Judson's life, is to be reminded that God's purpose to spread the gospel, um, that God has a purpose to spread the gospel to all people.
0: Yes, yes, and and what is so neat is that Adoniram... Was a congregation son of a Congregationalist minister, um, became a Baptist, and all throughout he retained his big God sovereignty doctrine. He retained the Calvinism of the Congregationalists, and I've got in front of me a tremendous historical record by Tom Nettles of the Southern Baptist Seminary. He wrote this somewhere in 35 uh, or so years ago. It's called "By His Grace and For His Glory," and in this book. Tom Nettles has a small section dedicated to Adoniram Judson and the Calvinism that's fueled and spurred Adoniram to reach the Burmese. Um, Nettles has about six pages in here regarding um, Judson, but uh, I wanted to read a a, a small section of this for you, reader, just to get a taste of this. So uh, Nettles writes this, Judson's conversion to Baptist views in 1812 in no way necessitated his leaving behind the Calvinism of the Congregationalists. Rather, he found the soteriology of Baptists quite compatible with that which he maintained within his former denomination. This is evident in his theory of missionary motivation, the methodology he pursued, and in the remarks he quite often enters into his missionary journal. In addition, the Confession of Faith, written for the Burmese in 1829, clearly indicates the doctrinal stance upon which he proceeded. Judson's understanding of missionary motivation intertwines strongly with the example of Christ and the covenant of redemption. This stands out clearly in the only English sermon he ever preached in Burma. Using John 10 as his text, he speaks of Christ as seeking his sheep, calling his sheep, and subordinating everything to the will of the Father. The true shepherd calls his own sheep, this is Nettles, I'm continuing to quote from his book on page 149, and Christ calls his people by his word, but the, mission, but the minister or missionary does not know his sheep by name, Though the and this is a quote, though enclosed in the Savior's electing love, they may still be wandering on the dark mountains of sin, that's from Adoniram. So this is Nettles again. Therefore, the Christian minister must lift up his voice to all, even many who will never listen and be saved, in order that the invitation of mercy and love, which will penetrate the ears and hearts of the elect only, may be made effectual. Then those who listen must be taught to obey all that Christ has commanded. And so what Nettles does is just do a wonderful job of showing us that Adoniram was fueled by the doctrines of grace in his missions endeavor. He knew that God um, had this general call of salvation to all mankind, but that there was an elect group of people that would be effectually called by that call and that he needed to go and to be a cog in the wheel of God's plan of redemption, right? Right. It's just a beautiful thing. Right. Um, He believed in sovereign election. He believed in total depravity. He believed in penal substitutionary atonement, limited atonement. Um, irresistible grace. Uh, Nettles documents that in his book. It's really, right. really fascinating part of his ministry.
1: Right. And the whole point is, again, that the, the, the God's purpose is that the gospel would go to all nations. That's right. Amen. All people groups. Great
0: commission. Matthew yes.
1: 28. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that we could add to that, too, is that we have to remember that the gospel going to all nations includes suffering. Yes. We don't know what that looks like really yes. much in our culture. Yes, But think of the losses that William, Care, uh, Adoniram Judson had. William Carey also. But, William
0: Carey had his fair share.
1: Right. Um, Adoniram Judson, again, he buried two of his wives and seven of his 13 children. And just the imprisonment that he had, the deep, dark depression that he went to, the sacrifices that had to be made, uh, no doubt suffering is part of uh, the missionary call of God, because you right. see that in the Apostle Paul's life.
0: Christ himself.
1: Christ himself. Um, I think about um, something that John Piper wrote in connection with the mm-hmm. biography of Arm Johnson. It's mm-hmm. John chapter 12, verses 24 and 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Oh, man. And Adonai and Judson, he was the grain of wheat that fell into the earth and died. He died, if you will, metaphorically, many deaths.
0: Many deaths, all for the sake of the Burmese people.
1: Right, and it bore much fruit. It
0: bore much fruit.
1: And he hated his life in this world and he kept his life for the eternal life. That's right. And
0: he encapsulated what some would say, um, for all believers, you must experience the cross before the crown. There's always tragedy and trial before the triumph. And that was that marks um, Adoniram's ministry in his life. Is there anything that we want to close up? Uh, I feel like that's a pretty good way to end the episode right there.
1: I think it is. I think that we... Um, could could say just a little bit about what's happening now oh, in, that's a good idea. in the nation of yep. Myanmar. Um, again, it's it's a, a, a nation in which there are many churches. Uh, it, there are many indigenous church planters and missionaries who boldly proclaim the gospel. This is information that I'm getting from the Voice of the Martyrs, uh, 2022 um, prayer guide. Um, it speaks, too, about the fact that there's um, a, a, a real Christian influence there. You can get Bibles in the major cities of the nation, uh, but most people can't afford those Bibles. But most of the Burmese um, indigenous people are not believers. So that most of the believers are from the Karen tribe, the Chin tribes. And those are the tribes that Adoniram Judson spent most of his work in.
0: Exactly. The Karen tribe, he spent a lot of time in. Mm
1: -hmm. And so um, as a result, the government does persecute the church and uh, Buddhism is the major religion in the nation. And so uh, Buddhist monks uh, really are the driving force to come mm-hmm. against Christians and the mm-hmm. church. And, and though there are good things that are happening because of the legacy of Arm Judson and the work, uh, nevertheless, there's opposition there too. Yep. And uh, the nation needs to be prayed for. The believers there need to be prayed for. And, and there are
0: missionaries today there working. So if you're please take some time and pray for the missionaries right now who are living there at work.
1: HeartCry Missionary Society has missionaries there.
0: Yes, HeartCry who we support. We've mentioned that already. Um, I don't know how many there are, but they have several missionaries. uh, I believe indigenous missionaries there Mm -hmm. um, right there. So, uh, yeah, let's end on that note. Pray for the people of of Myanmar, the missionaries there, that the work of the gospel would go forth unhindered, right? Um, And it would make um, converts. We know that Romans one sixteen is the power of the gospel to all who believe. Um, that's good news for yes, us today.
1: Yes, and perhaps um, the Lord would use this episode to stir up a missionary desire in you. Yes, the listener, and perhaps you would uh, like to think about that. And, uh, certainly you can talk to Duffy or myself. You can, uh, come and, and be a part of the conversations that we could have with you around that. And we'd be glad to help you, uh, as you think through that.
0: Yes. Yes. Real quickly, before we wrap things up, just a couple of resources The again, to reiterate the main resource that I had found, uh, that was helpful for me was Courtney Anderson's book to the golden shore. And, uh, Jason, you have John Piper's small book. It's called "Filling Up the Afflictions of Christ," and I think Piper did a series of small books accounting many biographies, many uh, not just missionaries but just men of the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, over so this is one of his editions. Right. Uh, but those two, I would probably commend to the Golden Shore. It's a big book, mm-hmm. but that if you're interested in reading about uh, Judson's life, that's the book to get and maybe spend a summer reading through that or spend a couple of months um, and just saturate yourself in that but that's, that's about all we've got for this episode um, thank you again listener for taking the time to listen But before you go take a moment to like or share this podcast on whatever podcast catcher you have whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or on the Podbean app however it is send it via text or email or however you'd like to share that And don't forget, lastly, that you can submit us a question to answer at a future date. You can go to our website, bbcemory.org, go to the media tab, scroll to the bottom of the page, and there's a box that you can submit to us a question. But as usual, until next time, listener, grace and peace be with you all.